Welcome listeners to Dark Tides, a weekly paranormal actual play podcast. My name is Aubrey Lydon. I am the host, show creator, and narrator of said Dark Tides show. We come to you today with the audacious Aubrey, the bashful BJ, and the courageous Chester. I'm here too. <laughs> yes. Uh, that is the sultry tones of Chester, one of mm. our stars, and BJ, one of our moons. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Do you no? Yes. You don't circle less substance, me, but more hospitable. Mm. That's me. <laughs> Some, somewhat, you know. <laughs> all right, all right. Before that's the do- that's the dulcet tones of the bashful BJ, as you can tell. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Habitat. My name. Shut up! I'm doing my intro. Hello, everyone. My name is BJ Ingate. I play a 21 year old emo with a short fuse and a fondness for chocolate milk by the name of Alistair Stern. Uh, his best friend re- reappeared two years ago. No, his best mm. friend disappeared two years ago, and then he reappeared, and he also works for a super-secret government organization that studies weird stuff. Mm. Nailed it. <laughs> I am Chester yeah. Lidman. I play Ernest Marsh, once a Boy Scout in Port Staples, running his... Boy Scout? Oh, man, who wrote this? A park (laughs) ranger in Port Staples running from his personal demons. Now he is driven by the events of his past to move further up and further in to the mysteries of the world as a watchman against the ever-changing tides. Is this the first time that you've actually used that? Yes. Yeah, so to say voice. it in the worst voice possible. <laughs> okay, I'll redo it. Thanks, Aubrey. No, you won't. Well, now we've got to All keep right. both versions for continuity. <laughs> now, as uh, Aubrey will probably explain in a minute, uh, this episode's a little different. A little, it's a little, little spicy. Different. A little different to normal. Aubrey desperately uh, trying to think of what BJ's talking about. <laughs> well, given that I'm not actually there. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, BJ's yes. a ghost. Um, yes. BJ has become a ghost in our machine. Mm. I have um, not in yeah, not I, in. The... I fed the machine, or you fed the machine. You showed me yeah, to the machine. I just put my yeah. headphones, plug them into my computer, and I hear him. It concerns me <laughs> every time I do it. Just <laughs> there, him and his mouth sounds. Mm. Yes, we are recording this. Uh, this is the first time that we've needed to record in isolation. Uh, we are, of course, in Australia. If you didn't know that from our dulcet tones um mm-hmm. australia has been in and out of lockdown the first time that we in our area of the world were in lockdown was over a year ago so this is the second time we have been in actual lockdown we've been in like the the pre-lockdown warm-up steps for like a month and a half now Just but now we're in lockdown and can't record together yeah. so this is actually our first time recording we are recording over discord uh so the audio quality the editing might be a little bit different on uh, this episode and probably a couple of future ones, but roll with it. Yeah, you know, don't add me. Hopefully, hopefully, you don't notice. Don't add me. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, I have a quick announcement before we we get into fun facts. Ooh. Um, if you have been following Dark Tides on any of our social media, you will hopefully be aware that we are a part of a new Facebook group called the Paranormal Podcast Collective. Um, it's a small little group for people who enjoy the kind of show that we make and shows like it. We're hoping to build a community there of uh, different show creators, different podcast makers, 
people who make shows like ours and very different from ours, but loosely in the paranormal sort of world. Um, so if you're a podcaster who wants to join our group, just send us a message. If you are a listener who wants to join our group and chat with other listeners who enjoy those things and find new shows. Or just, check out our Discord. Or check out our Discord. Join our group or check out our Discord. Discord. Yeah, yeah. Any other things? In fact, if you if you are observant, you will probably notice on the Discord when we're using it because we're recording this in our Discord. Yeah. You can join. Unlike Lex or Mikal or who's this Mayor Stern guy? No one seems to be paying know, attention some to Mayor Stern some is random. Yeah, we should kick him. <laughs> I think we should ban this Mayor Stern Mayor, guy. Mayor Mayor or Stern. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, that's me. Fun facts. Can I go first, BJ? Yeah, you can go yeah, first, thanks, man. man. You know what? You can do it. You, you can go what? first. I'd love for you to go first. Thank you, Go first. Go first. I would love that too. Well, thank you. Okay, so high school. Ernest was in it. He did it. He went through it. So this is the story of Is that Ernest. it? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm sorry. So this was the story of Ernest's... Uh, I don't know what Americans call it. Is it sophomore the first year or is that freshman? I don't know. Oh, no. Okay, so it was freshman like- is first year, sophomore is second, yeah. then senior is third because their high school is the last three it's years. Dumb. Okay. Well, so I, weird because for us high school is year in New South Wales, uh, year seven onwards. So he was in about year eight or something like that. And so he wasn't a very sporty person anymore, or involved in any of his his uh, you know. Sports. Sports or, you know, Cub Scoutry business. And so he didn't really have anything he was doing it at school other than class. And he got an email from one of his teachers being like, hey, man, I think you should try out this group. You know, give yourself some people to talk to, all that type of stuff. And he had grown up being quite alienated due to the stuff that happened. And so his family had moved around quite a bit. Uh, But he decided, you know what, I don't have anything I do. Monday afternoons, I will I will join that group, and so he joined the literature club, uh, and he worked out something quite quickly about himself. He doesn't really handle books; they just kind of freak him out. Same like he also struggles with like long running TV shows for the re- for the reasons it's like everything's always going wrong. No, no one's ever just happy. Oh, There's yeah. always another problem. There's always another thing. It just stresses him out. So they'd go through these books, and it's like, there's always just something going wrong. It's always just really stressful. And he just didn't enjoy it all. And he couldn't leave the group because he'd agreed to be a part of it, and they were expecting to have a certain amount of members. And for the groups to continue on, they have to have a maintained number of, of groups, of people in the group. So he couldn't just bail, so he was stuck there. And once, so they'd meet every week and they'd read through a book. And once they read through the book, another person was picked from the circle of people to choose the next book. So he was just stressing out, like, what is the book I'm going to choose? I don't actually read any of these books. I just like skim <laughs> them enough so I can join in on the conversation, but I just can't handle these books that they're choosing. And that's when he discovered a type of literature he could read cooking books. <laughs> <laughs> Ernest doesn't cook, but they're, nice. they're just happy books. They're just positive. It's always Ooh, about nice food. little things, about yummy food with nice pictures. And sometimes, oh. like like every you know recipe you look up now, there's always a nice little story at the start about how they came up with the recipe or anything like that. Yeah. Or if it's a river cottage one, you know, little blurbs about the farm and all that type of stuff. Nothing was going wrong. There wasn't an overarching plot of destruction or anything like that. He just enjoyed it. 
<laughs> that's that's adorable. And there you go. It's a wholesome earnest fact. Wholesomeness. Fact. All right. Uh, that was great. Thank you. Uh, you ready for an unwholesome Alistair fact? <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. They're my favorite. Okay. So there's been a two-year time jump since season one. Uh, you know, two two years Alistair's been chilling with the people at Tier. Uh, you know, he's been training, been working there. So one of the one of the missions that he went to had to go on is they were in America somewhere, and the Pacific they Northwest. Were, yes, maybe sure. Canada. You know what? No, Canada, Canada. British Ooh, Columbia, Canada. They were in, they were in British Columbia, and they were searching for I don't know, like like a Bigfoot thing, basically. Um, and like this this Bigfoot creature was was. It was known to tear. It was like, you know, they'd had contact with it before and it had just strayed a little bit outside its allotted boundary. So, you know, this is when Alistair was fairly new. So, like, all right, well, this is a nice, simple, easy task, you know, for the fresh trainees to go on. And so they go, you know, they track down the, the Bigfoot thing. They like, hey, man, you need to stay within your boundary because people find whatever. Anyway, so that, that part of the mission was, was totally fine. They dealt with the Bigfoot easy. But on in the process, they they came across this Bigfoot hunter who was trying to prove and like track the existence of this creature. So part of the problem was that this creature had gone outside its boundary, but part of the problem was this guy kept like going towards its territory to try and like hunt it down and take anyway, he while they were there, they made contact with this guy. And he said, I found it. I've, I've got video evidence of it. And, like, I'm going to bring the town out to kill it. And so <laughs> after they dealt with the actual problem, the last part of the mission is Alistair had to go in. And this guy, I'm imagining he was, like, he was like a doomsday prepper. Like, he had a compound. He, like, Ooh. I don't know, had 15 shotguns under his mattress, you know, that kind of that kind of guy. He had one and of those like handkerchiefs that you wear on your head that are camo themed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. With a flat cap over the top Ooh. of it that said gone squatchin. I don't know. a TV show I used to watch that was like Hunting Bigfoot and they all had those caps. So I really wanted one. Anyway, um <laughs> So Alistair had to, one night, break into this guy's compound and steal the VHS tape, because, of course, he filmed it on VHS, of this video proof that he had. <laughs> so it was like this Black Ops cat burglar mission of Alistair breaking into this guy's compound and, like, you know, deactivating security cameras and watchdogs and all this stuff to steal this VHS tape and destroy it and replace it with a blank one. And that was that was his that was his first field mission with Tier. Wow, was, was this? Like, I'm, I've been working here three months and I'm already breaking the law. This is great, Mister Pop. High above the town of Port Salba on Salba Island in the archipelago of Hookbar sits Pebblebrook House, an ancient and formidable manor built not long after the town itself. 
From its vantage on the steep headland, Pebblebrook House looks out over the town and its small port, surveying the comings and goings of the common folk. As the sun disappears into the sea, the archipelago descends into dusk, lights flickering on across town. Uh, Aubrey, uh, the sun doesn't actually go into the sea. <laughs> yeah, actually, the sea, like, rotates around itself, and the sun just ends up on the other side of it. It actually is actually on the other side of the uh, the ice wall. <laughs> I hate you both. Also, <laughs> so much. <laughs> It's all right. You can't, you can't. You can't hit me. I can't. I'm not even Anchors there. That respect That's... my vision, Mom. <laughs> my vision. <laughs> yep. Two sentences in. The house itself is tall and gothic, clad in dark timber with high iron windows and a slate roof. The town's only taxi pulls in through the high wrought iron gates into the overgrown thorn-infested garden and comes to a shuddering stop, depositing Ernest Marsh and Alistair Stern at the foot of the stone steps leading to the imposing front door. Hey! Um, you, you okay, Alistair? Oh, you... <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, I, there was an ant on my leg. Now, both Ernest and Alistair are dressed in uh, their black tie equivalent. What is Ernest and Alistair's black tie equivalent? Okay, uh... Uh, it's an wow. official invitation. Uh, he's got polished Doc Martens. Wow. He's got black uh, checked pants. So, like, they're, they're suit pants. They're really narrow. They're black. But they've got, like, thin pinstripe checks on them. Okay. This is sounding like chef's um, pants. <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's got a black turtleneck. Like a like a knitted turtleneck and a suit jacket. Mm. A knitted turtleneck and a suit jacket. Very interesting. Yeah. What is Ernest Wait, wearing? And, like the suit jacket's like uh, like a deep maroon red. It's like it, it kind of it's like you look yeah, at it. I wonder it's where like, he got is this it from. This black is it? I'm I'm making this up off the top of my head. No, right? I'm wondering. He's like, where where else to get these clothes from? Does he like contact oh. Heath? It's like Heath, please, please. I need your jacket. <laughs> like what? Well, I was gonna say like tuxedo. I was like, nah. Let's be a little more interesting than that. Uh, Ernst is wearing. Uh, it's a. Li- it's not quite the right size for him, and you're not sure if it's because he lost a heap of weight being in the desert, so he previously owned it, or if he's borrowed it from someone who's close to his like body size. But it's a little like on the legs. It's a tiny bit short and a little like baggy in the shoulders, but it fits quite well. He is wearing. It's a very dark grey. It's got like a, a almost. It's had to describe it's a, it's a little like rough patterned almost it's still like smooth but it's kind of got like a scratchy look to it a dark gray suit with a little vest that like two of the buttons are done up he hasn't like committed to the whole <laughs> buttons up um vest and he's got a, a white shirt and a tie with a little yellow button in the middle of it and his hair is slicked back it's a slightly different shade yeah again it's much darker to match with the suit and he is wearing glasses with um, a light yellow frame. Oh. Actually, yeah, I feel like Alistair would also be wearing glasses, like quite round framed glasses. You're wearing a monocle. Yeah, I like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> what Alistair thinks is fancy. I stole this from my dad. 
I don't know why he has. <laughs> no, no, he's he's wearing he's wearing um yeah, Aubrey glasses. Wearing glasses. <laughs> Aubrey glasses. Yeah. yeah, basically Aubrey's glasses. If anyone's met Aubrey in real life, those glasses. Yeah, it's like two of Alice to um to Alistair and like Pat Smollett. I was like looking sharp, looking good. Thank you. I couldn't tell because you were sitting down, and the cab's quite dark. Oh, it's gone. Okay, yeah. it's going. All right. Cutters off into the night. You turn to look at the big imposing doors. Alistair, in your hand, you have a party invitation that was uh, given to you by your dad because it was sent to him, and now that he's no longer mayor, he is no longer obligated to go to it, but somebody is, so he kind of foisted it on you. <laughs> okay. Uh, what does it say? Uh, it is an exquisitely handwritten party invitation oh, nice. uh, to the 85th birthday party of Valentina Pebblebrook. Mm-hmm. You can see in sort of flowing script, it has the date, it has the fact that it's black tie, that the party starts at 7pm, the the address. What's the date? I want to make sure that we're not like on the wrong day. Aubrey's not going to give you the date because Aubrey doesn't keep track of oh, what you in, right. the date okay, inside yes, of true. the podcast. <laughs> um, it is the right date. That's fine. Uh, okay. Your dad explains very briefly to you, uh, giving it to you, that Valentina Pebblebrook uh, is very wealthy, very eccentric. She's an old actress or something, and she seems to always invite the mayor to her, her birthday parties, and they're always some terrible murder mystery-themed uh, game night. Um, he okay. has gone yeah. several times, been bored and confused out of his mind, and left having no idea what happened. Uh, okay, and now, so it's probably something that Alistair will enjoy then. Yeah, and he, he made... <laughs> his dad hated it and left. Yeah. Uh, and he also, when you perhaps protest that uh, why should you have to go to it, he explains that he's no longer mayor. Uh, the Pepperbrooks apparently do not know this, but he's not going to give it to his replacement <laughs> because he doesn't want her to have the satisfaction of actually having been invited. So instead okay. he wants you to go. Mm. All right. And says you can bring a plus um, one, hence Ernest. Sure. Hence okay. Um, yeah. So I guess we walk up to the house. The house is like, well, this is a bit fancy, isn't it? It's very fancy. Feels a bit. Oh, feels a bit weird. And Ernest's phone just like going off in his pocket. You gonna take that? Uh, no, it's just Ava. Oh. Well, uh, I bought him a new radio right. set, and he's very excited. I've never seen Davo excited before, and it's a bit worrying. He has emotions? <laughs> yes. They don't come out often, and when they do, they're extreme. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I'll take your word for it. Uh, Alistair walking up to the house is going to take his jacket off and put it over his arm. Like, clearly that was the intended sort of purpose of wearing it it's like it's the kind of jacket that you hold not that you wear mm. <laughs> uh, and he's gonna walk up fashion. and yeah is there like is there a knocker there is a, a knocker, yes. doorbell or something uh he indicates to Ernest, and then he's like here we go and he knocks on the door okay uh the door is very swiftly opened by an extremely diminutive 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 Diminutive. A very small yeah. butler. <laughs> Use real words, please, Aubrey. Thank you. Uh, he He's like, we know that Ernest and Alistair are not particularly tall men. Uh, this guy is like below your shoulder. He is very uh, dowdy. Wow. He's wearing a traditional butler's uniform, uh, waistcoat, tails, striped trousers, the whole the whole shazoo. He has sort of thinning grey hair and a very droopy face and a very droopy moustache. 
Uh, his eyes look very kind of bloodshot and baggy, and he looks at you. Good evening. Invitation, uh, please. Alistair passes it. He says, my name's Alistair Stern, and this is my friend Ernest Marsh. All appears to be in order. Please uh, come in. He opens the door. Thank you, sir. Uh, uh, as you step in, you. make a make an investigation or a perception check, rather. I will also point out that Alistair introduced you and then realised that he's not supposed to be introducing you as Ernest Marsh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ernest was going to cut in there, but I was like, oh, well, that's that. Uh, six. All right. And Alistair? Wow. Yep, six. <laughs> uh, all right. You st- you- this is a fancy home. Mm, fancy. fancy home. Um, as you look around, oh, nice paint. You've stepped into basically the mm, quite lemon. The foyer. It is, is large, lavishly tiled floors uh, in kind of a honey-coloured tile. There are mm. tapestries and paintings on the walls. There is a chandelier. Mm. There is a sweeping staircase. Uh, it's very, very fancy. Although, with uh, what do you say? It was a six and what else? Six and six. Six and six. Um, there's an odd smell in the air. It's a bit dusty. Maybe a little bit of ash from the fire. Something, a little something else. Um, it smells like an old house. A little odd. Mm. Yep. Okay. Uh, you can hear people. you can hear uh, the the yeah. tinkling sound of a piano. You can hear uh, polite laughter and, <laughs> and glasses clinking from an upstairs room. Uh, hey, uh, sorry about the whole Ernest Marsh thing. I kind of forgot. That's right. I don't think he'll remember. He looks like a Labrador. Can I take your coat? No. Uh, No, it's all right. I'll keep mine on. No, thank you. Very well, gentlemen. Please follow me. It's pretty cold in here. Uh, Yes. As you begin, uh, he begins to lead you upstairs to the drawing room. Uh, You notice that there are family paintings on the wall. Most of them center around very impressive uh, paintings of an elderly woman. Uh, she has high, teased, piled grey hair, uh, very elegant sweeping dresses. Many of the paintings show her uh, and people who are obviously her children, obviously relatives. You also see many framed uh, posters for films that are in black and white. You see uh, titles such as uh, The Golden Tulip or Gone with a Whisper. They are very sort of crime noir, black and white era uh, posters. Many of them have signed, have signatures from from stars and directors. I was just going to look around the house as they're walking through. I was like, it's like a time capsule. Very much like a time capsule. It is absolutely yeah. an era of wealth and uh, classism that is <laughs> something that neither of you have ever really seen. Uh, Alistair, you have you've heard of Pebblebrook, uh, Pebblebrook House, sorry, and you know of your dad having to go to some or other boring party in a in an official capacity as a guest, uh, but you've never really okay. heard of them or the fact that they were this wealthy. Uh, Ernest is going to sidle up to the uh, the what's it, the valet, the butler, butler. Yes. What's a valet then? Uh, that's the car. Valet drives cars. Okay, he's going to sidle up to the butler as they're walking and like say, "So, uh, what's your name?" Willoughby, sir. Willoughby the butler. And uh, and he looks at Alistair and looks back. So it's a it's a murder mystery party. Yes, the madam always enjoys these. 
are you playing a role? In which case, I'll, uh, I'll he pulls out a little notebook and like jots down the man's name. No, I am the butler. I'm not permitted to play in the game. Mm, ah, yeah, but the butler yeah, always does sounds, it. Right? Sounds like a uh, like a way of getting yeah. out of it. He he like raises an extremely droopy eyebrow at you and goes, "Not in real life, sir." Mm. Yeah, but this isn't real life, is it? Are you He's- suggesting something, young man? I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out, like, if if this is he closes is a game that we he have closes to- the distance to you a little bit, like he gets a little bit uncomfortably close, and he says directly to you, to me or Alistair? to to Alistair, I would kill anyone to protect the lady of this house. I was just jotting this down. <laughs> Al- yeah, Alistair, like, game or gives no an game. eyebrow to you is like. He's he's 50-50 whether this is a script or not. Make a make right. a make a roll for me. Alright. Ten. Seven. He is so serious. This oh. <laughs> <laughs> is like underlining the things like if a murder happens. <laughs> Alright, uh Alice is like Your your devotion is impressive. I've worked and here for sixty it. years. Oh, I'm, actually, I'm actually going to write this stuff down because <laughs> I feel like Aubrey's going to make me like actually bring this stuff up now that I've said Ernst is doing it. Because they'll just change yep. their stories every day. Yeah, they'll just change their stories if I don't write it down. Okay, so his name <laughs> is Willoughby. Willoughby oh, Butler, yeah. Okay. Uh, Alistair smiles after Will- he says this and uh, continues up nine. the stairs. <laughs> Wait, 21 kilos. Four foot nine, 21 kilograms <laughs> would kill for the... Alistair. <laughs> Mr. Alistair, I'm not writing you down. <laughs> you can write... I mean, you can write... I'll, I'll write you down. Alistair... Hello there, valued and dedicated Dark Tides listener. My name is Semitone, and look, I promise it won't be long. I just thought I'd pop on here to let you know that the Dark Tides Patreon has just released a brand new $10 third Patreon tier, which means if you, the listener, head over to patreon.com slash darktides and you sign up for the third $10 tier, you will receive access to two, not one, but two brand new shows by the makers of Dark Tides. The first is an in-world, in-canon radio show called Tower Transmissions, starring Dave Lightning uh, and his friend Carl. But to be honest, the one you really want is Solar Scar, which is a sci-fi bounty hunting adventure extravaganza featuring myself, Semitone, and my partner Marty as we fight our way through a ruthless and sometimes quite ridiculous world trying to pay off our debts and just generally keep ourselves out of trouble, which, to be honest with ya, we don't do a great job of most of the time. But anyway, if you want to have a listen to these brand new shows, head over to patreon.com slash darktides and give it a geese. All right, thanks a lot. I hope you're having a good day and I will let you get back to the main show. Um, you step into the drawing room and you see that there is uh, a large bearskin rug 
There are several sort of uh, chaise lounge reclining against different walls. There are many books. Uh, there is a baby grand piano in one corner uh, that oh, nice. an elderly woman who you recognize from uh, many of the paintings and things, she is playing gently while drinking uh, champagne periodically from a flute on the piano. Uh, there are people milling around the room, only a handful of people. They're all very elegantly dressed. Uh, one of them is wearing a military uniform. Other people are wearing different suits, uh, dresses, these sorts of things. Uh, okay. It is absolute Great Gatsby-esque kind mm. of. Yes. Okay, uh, before we join, I'm just going to ask, um, so do you want me to introduce you or talk to you as Bobby, whatever your name was, or is Ernest Marshall? Just okay? Ernest. Ernest it is. Yes. Uh, the butler clears his throat. <laughs> You're right. Presenting <laughs> Alistair Stern. He's looking at his hand like he wrote something on it, but he hasn't. And guest. <laughs> and he turns to leave. Thank you, Willoughby. Go and get them, I suppose. Um, people have turned to look at you. Uh, you see, as, as you have been announced, uh, the lady behind the piano gets up. She moves with a champagne flute in her hand to greet you. Uh, she's very sort of elegant and willowy, but she's obviously immensely old. She looks like the star of many silver screen movies now, many, many years later. Uh, she holds out a hand to you that you can see has many rings Madam on it. Madam Pebblebrook, I assume. Look where they are now. Feel old yet? Is that Ernest saying out loud? <laughs> no, it's just like, like stars later. It's like, feel old yet? This is there right. now. She extends a hand uh, to you and she says, It's a pleasure. I believe uh, your is... father came uh, to many of my parties. Yes, he did. Uh, he very kindly gifted his invitation to me. I hope you don't mind. Uh, this is Ernest, my friend. She extends a hand to you. Hello. Pleasure to meet you. Please have a drink. You see the butler Thank returns you. now with drinks on a tray. and Willoughby. Yes. My uh, man. Thank you. Champagne. Do you have water? Yes. Thank you. Turns out again. Leaves. Okay, bye. Alistair takes a glass of champagne. Alistair's going to lean up Sips close it to, delicately. to Alistair. like, what was her name? For notes. Her name. Valentina, Valentina Pebblebrook. Pebblebrook. Valentina. Tina Pebblebrook. Um, as you survey the room, make a make an investigation check for me. Heck yeah! Here we go. Seven. Five. All right. Uh, We're not paying much attention, are we? You're not you're doing really. okay. You get a few vibes. You get a few vibes of the room. As you look around the room, you can see a few different people. Um, there's obviously uh, a young man who you can tell by by his his demeanour and his face. He is obviously her son. Um, he seems to be very boredly smoking uh, in the corner by himself. He's not really participating. Uh, you see her daughter, who is very enthusiastically kind of trotting around after her mother, trying to engage her in, in, in conversation and show her things and talk to her, but her mother is sort of breezing along and not really listening. Um, you can see How old is her daughter? Uh, you would say that both the son and the daughter are probably in their, their late 20s. Maybe they're 30s. It's a bit hard to tell. They could have had work done. It's 
conceivably they could actually be her grandchildren. It's hard to tell. Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I would imagine her children to be like 60. Oh, that's what you were paying attention to. Yes, good point. Mm. Well, what did you what did you think I was paying Nothing. attention to? Okay, so ch- possibly two children. I'll, I'll underline. Am I paying too much attention to this? I want to solve this, but maybe this isn't like the type of game I'm thinking it's going to be. This is very out of character for Ernest. Mm. Ernest is like looking around. It's like, hmm, who do I suspect is going to like um, pull this off? You see another man. Uh, he is very uh, wide and Ooh. squat. He's wearing a military uh, jacket Ring. with a seven or an eight. You can't really pick pick what what level of military this would be, but if he's wearing it, uh, it's probably something relatively impressive. Mm. He has um, very uh, voluptuous, large, impressive moustache. Uh, and not a lot of hair, kind of heavier on the sides, very thin on the top, this sort of thing. Uh, he seems to be very red-faced and uh, laughs a lot, is actually a little bit unintelligible whether he's already drunk <laughs> or not, you can't really tell. Uh, and there is another man who uh, seems to be Valentina's husband, guest, something. Uh, she's sort of on his arm often. Uh, he plays the piano some of the time, these sort of things. Over the next, like, 20, 30 minutes, this is your polite conversations that you begin to assess these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are very okay. quickly called to dinner, though. Is there anything you want to do before that? Uh, mm. oh, this is going to, like, uh-huh. drag you away from the um, the party for a little bit as people are starting to file into the, um, the dining room. And it's like, okay. So this is yeah. oddly a very perfect situation for us to mm-hmm. uh, flex our muscles in that whole thing we talked about. The uh, the Quindex type of thing. Right, so I'm trying to do right, here. I'm right, trying to be right. more the the more investigative, the more questioning. You know that type of okay. that, that, that role. Okay. So so I feel like I'm not sure. If, I guess probably with dinner they're going to explain the rules of how this whole mystery is going to work. But I feel like this is a perfect chance for us to really kind of lean into all that. Mm, you know, we, I like it. We, you know, training wheels on. Like nothing can actually go wrong. Like we're not going to yeah, lose a child to a bear trap or anything. That. <laughs> Mm, yeah. Wait, have you? What? It doesn't matter. Um. All right. I like. Would it. you rather take notes, or I can take? I... No, 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 no. You know what? I take notes every single day of my life. So let's. You you do it. Mm-hmm. Let's. Okay. Actually, yeah. True. Okay. So let's. If it's like a if it's if it's a murder mystery, right? This is like. You know the the good cop bad cop routine. Mm. You know, like the the uh, friendly, charming investigator that's always taking notes, and then like the cool, much more attractive. Uh, that's me, of course. Uh, and this is like he's like you, you can in, tell he's messing. Yeah, this is leading you into like the dining room. <laughs> oh, yep, yep. Like yeah, everyone like that, loves you know, Watson. Muscle, you know Watson. Yeah, yeah, Watson. yeah. As yeah. you file in, Willoughby the butler is <laughs> handing out cards to each person. You can see that they're obviously like the murder mystery character cards. Hmm. Uh, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yes. Alistair, Alistair raises an eyebrow like, ooh, here we go. And he too early. Uh, uh, sits down at the uh, the dining room table reading his card and he's going to pocket it and then fish around in his pockets as he feels something else in there. And he's going to pull out one of those like really old, almost vintage style lighter, uh, not lighters, uh, matches, where mm-hmm. it's almost like the flat packet with the flat uh, matches and it's like yep. there's five to a packet. And he's going to toss it over in his hand a little bit and put it back I think I need I think I need cigarettes 
He's gonna like eye in on the I know on you, the quote unquote died, sun. Like, he's like, yes, cigarettes. No, it's for the party. It's for the party. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. He's just like also I'm um, like squinting at. I'm pretty sure you don't need to take notes uh, on people on. before they get their characters. Yeah, I you're squinting. That. He's looking over his card. He starts lighting it on fire with his his um, <laughs> his cigarette lighter, and he like looks up and sees you looking at him, and he sort of scowls. And he flings it into one of the ashtrays. Uh, Alistair looks at his card, looks at the candle on the table. It's like, I wonder if I should burn mine too. <laughs> and then, like, looks at the description again. He's like, hmm. Tears it up into pieces and eats it. <laughs> and just leans forward Starts to the candle the and, like, lights his on fire. And like, looks back and Alistair's like, Alistair, we're in public, please. Uh, the I'm playing a character, okay? Oh, is it part? Oh, okay. The one that you had yeah, assumed to be uh, the daughter sort of uh, taps Alistair on the shoulder. She says, excuse me. Excuse me. Um, I think, I think you might... <laughs> Good evening. I think you're supposed to use that. I think you're supposed to keep it. The card. Oh, I thought it was a secret. <laughs> 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 no, no. She she's also see watching um, uh, the other the man who burnt it. Watching him kind of just poke it in the ashtray to I keep we it going. Were, I, sorry, just, I thought we were supposed to get rid of them. No, no, you're not supposed to do that. Alexander just doesn't like the games. But oh, don't worry about okay. him. You're supposed to keep it. Ah, right. uh, I see. If you, if you remember, uh, by it, I was. It's fine. It's fine. If you remember what it says, you might just want to write it down. That's all. Yes. I'm Margot, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Hi, Margot. Very nice to meet you. Hi, Margot. Bye, Margot. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Bye Margo. Bye. <laughs> uh, Alistair back, borrows back a leaf way. out of your notepad so that he can write the contents Man, of the card. You out. always have a note. Where, where's yours? Dinner will be served shortly. Please take your seats. Are the seat is the seating assigned? It is assigned. You can see there are little cards and names. Uh, you can see that there are Ooh, other cards nice. on the table that are obviously going to be clue cards and things. They've got uh, question marks drawn on them and these sort of things. Um, but as you are taking your seats, uh, the lights begin to flicker and suddenly all the lights go out. <laughs> it is plunged into total darkness. Well, that's a bit of atmosphere. Here we go. Um, yeah. You hear a few murmurs. You hear my going, oh, this is my favourite part. And you hear the voice, presumably of Alexander, going, good Lord, this again. Uh, and then you hear a very loud piercing scream from the other room, from the entrance hall. The dining room is um, one of the the rooms that kind of break off from the entrance hall that you were first led in through. Mm-hmm. And you hear a very loud thud out in the other room. Oh, that was a bit much. It was a little much. It was a little much. Bodies don't sound like that when they fall, do they? I don't know. I wouldn't know. Um, you hear a little bit of murmuring, a little bit of tittering. You hear the man, presumably the the, the military man, going, <coughs> When's the lights going to come back on? Margo, will you check when the lights are going to come back on? Okay. People are moving, yeah. people are talking. Okay. In, in like the little bit of chaos... Ernest is going to fetch up a candle from the the table and whisper to Alistair as he's going. He's like, well, if no one's heading out, I'm going to get a head start. And he's going to head back into the yeah, other nice. room <laughs> right, to try you, and, like, uh, find Are you the lighting a candle? I'm, I'm taking a candle that we were burning our things with. Oh, okay, yes. You f- that was um, 
good point, actually. Yes, they would have been lit. You see, uh, so there's a, you can see a little bit of people's faces and stuff. They're very small candles. Yeah, which, face, which faces do I see? Yeah. Uh, you see, uh, make, a, make a perception check for me. Make a disadvantage because of the darkness. 12. I'll do that as well. Seven. Seven. Um, Four. You're pretty sure Alexandra's there because you can't see him, but you can see a cigarette uh, smoldering somewhere. Uh, you can definitely see the general and Margot who are sitting next to each other. You can't see anyone else. You can't see the hostess mm. or the butler or the hostess's uh, boyfriend of sorts. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay, Ursa's is going to head into the room they were previously in and look around for the body. Uh, sure. Yes, as you walk in, it's quite a scene. As you walk into the uh, grand hall, the entranceway, you can see Lady Valentina Pebblebrook is uh, splayed out on the ground where she has obviously fallen from the upstairs balcony like over the railing of the stairs, there is a lot of blood from her head. Oh, good lord, they... Wow. She uh, she throws a party, hey? Yep. Uh, Alexander walks out after you, still smoking, and goes, yep, overdone it again. Ursa's going yeah, to is... peer at her a little, and then look, he's going to look up, so she fell, quote-unquote, fell from mm, the, the other area. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything done to the bastards? The bastards broken or... Um, you can't see anything except that her, the scarf that she was wearing, which is one of those sort of like silk ones that would hang over the shoulders, whatever, is still up on the stairs. You can see mm. it uh, hanging Classic. slightly out from one of the balustrades. Uh, make a quick perception check on the body. Uh, while he's doing that, I am going to run up the stairs. Right. Uh, I roll a 10. A 10? She's dead. She's dead, dead. Oh. Now this is going to scratch his temple. He looks around the room a little bit. You put your finger in the blood that's beginning to pull. It's warm. Hmm. He's gonna pull her like her her wrist slightly and like check the pulse. Wow! Following on with your ten, you your her wrist is warm, but you cannot find a pulse. <laughs> Just stand up and look at. Um, uh, <laughs> Alexander. He goes, don't worry, she does this all the time. Not have a pulse? Um, I don't know, old people. So are we having dinner or not? He turns around and starts walking back into the dining room. Uh, it's at that stage that the, the butler reappears. He's carrying a lantern this uh, time, and you can see that the the flame, the man that you have not yet met, um, is behind him. Uh, he's rolled up his sleeves and going, the Willoughby announces to the room, the circuit breaker is dead. I cannot get it to work. I have called for an electrician. Um, guys? Yes. Uh... Alistair's on top of the balcony. He's like, yeah, what's up? He looks up at Alistair and looks around as the people seem to kind of gather around. It's like, Alistair, make a quick perception check for the balustrade and the, the stairs. Okay. Yeah, that's a three. Um, yeah, no, you can't really see anything. Dem steps. Definitely there is uh, the scarf up here, but that's about it. Uh, uh, okay. Alistair takes the scarf and <laughs> looks down and kind of sees that look in, Al- in Ernest's face of like, Elster, he's going to kind of squint at you. He's like, what? 
Ernst looks down from Alistair and looks at the group around him. He's like, I do have a level of a Holtaz card and like shows it to everyone. This isn't my character. Um, I'm I play a guy who met the lady on a boat. Uh, I have some medical experience. She's dead. They've kind of gathered around a little bit. You can hear the big military man. <laughs> oh. What? What's going on? Has it started yet? Uh, it started and ended. Is there more brandy? No, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Alistair, come down. My goes. What? Alistair's come down. What do you mean? This is. Now. We've done this one before with the fall. Hold on, everyone. Last year, everyone was poisoned. The year before that, quiet. Was... Quiet. That's a little rude. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, you're getting into the spirit of it. That's always good. Already wiggles his head when you plays Margot, and it freaks me out because we—I know someone like—I know someone like this. <laughs> anyway, um, Ernst is going to kind of look around and try and find someone who's you know not overly. He's going to see like he's going to grab Alexander by the wrist and like pull him down to the ground and like pull over the wrist of the the lady and like put his finger on. It's like there. Yeah, Alexander is looking at you. Think. You would have me looking for work as an actor. Because I know a guy. Alexander Sheets. Yes. Grandmother always does this. Uh, Look, you're going to offend her if you don't just play along. I am. Uh, I'm you're very along, dead, Grandmama. It's very good. Who could have done it? He stands up. <laughs> I'm going to get another drink. Uh, Willoughby, where is the champagne? Are you sure? Because I know you're not faking it. As as you are talking, the her boyfriend flame whatever is has been watching quite closely, and he he comes and kneels and he says, "This is a little more than I was expecting. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be the fall." He reaches out and he takes her hand, and then he checks her eyes, like pulls back the eyelid. Valentina? Valentina? If he starts shaking her a little. While he's doing that, um, Alistair continues what he was saying. He's like, can this be done? Like, can you can you fake a heartbeat? Like, is that a thing? Alistair, pull him away from the body. Alistair, he's take he's getting back. more and more right. rattled. Alistair, pull him away. Valentina! Uh, Alistair, Alistair grabs him and pulls him away. He's like, all right, uh, it's okay. I, um, uh, Let's just calm down. It's all right. Um, this is all still is more elaborate than than usual, sure. But uh, the, mm. uh, everyone, uh, as Alexander said, it'd be uh, wouldn't be very nice if we didn't uh, humour her game. So how about everyone head back into the dining room, have a drink, get on with dinner, and we can uh, get back to our characters. That's what I said. Yeah, exactly as Alexander said. Come on, there's more champagne. All right, who's gonna? Um, uh, well, who wants to do the, the questions? Name? Um. Right, we'll say that you you had very briefly were introduced to him. His name is Frankie, uh, Frankie Bembo. Okay. Uh, Ernst holds his hands up and is like, "I'll do the uh, the questioning. I've already uh, been taking notes, so all good and ready for it." Very good. Willoughby uh, moves off with the lantern. Is everyone gone back? Everyone's into the back into the room. Okay. Ernst is uh, going to head over and close the door slowly. Mister Bembo. Yes. Yes. Uh... Uh, hi, uh, we we met briefly. Um, my name's Alistair Stone. Yes, yes, of course. Um, sorry, a little 
Got rattled. I feel. I think I. I, I should go and. I should go check. Um, check what? Uh, he's looking back the way that you've come. You've kind of almost closed the. T- we'll say there's like sliding doors, effectively. Oh, to where um, everyone else is sitting. Uh, no, so he he has kind of trotted in after you into the dining room, and you've I haven't closed. Got, we haven't. I've closed everyone else. Oh no, out we're still from, at the body. Oh, oh, you've left him. Yeah. Okay. Yes. He's he's looking uh, down at Valentina. You can see the blood is still pulling. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ernest is going to lead him back into kind of the entryway of sorts, where they were all meeting before, where the piano is. A little mm-hmm. ways off yeah, from up, the body. That's upstairs. Okay, well, off, away from the body. Yep. Um, and I'm going to turn to him like, so she does this often? Well, uh, not, I mean, not this, not not, not this this scale. No, she uh, she's an actress. She likes these sort of parties. Every year is something different. It's, I mean, she's always the, the victim. The host is always the victim. Um, and she didn't give you warning that it'd be this scale? Oh, no, 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 no. She know she loves the secret and the preparation of it. She tells no one anything, no one unless it's Willoughby, maybe who who knows how things are planned. But even then, I don't even know if Willoughby knows half the time. Uh, Ernst rolled an eight for this, so he is going to just reach into a random drawer and pull out a pack of cigarettes and like offer it to him. All right, he takes one. Ernst pulls out one of his cigarettes and lights it for him. The, oh, his um matches. No, his matches. Yeah, yeah lights right. it for him. Thank mm. you. Um, Alistair, can you make sure everyone's accounted for in the living room? Uh, yeah, I can do that in a second. But while while you've been doing that, I would like to inspect the body. Yeah, sure. For injuries, essentially. Do I have to roll for that, or is it kind of obvious? Uh, it's obvious that she's bleeding from the head. If you want anything more, you can roll for it. Okay. Uh, what for? Um... Yeah, you would say it looks like a fractured skull, something of that nature. So I can I can tell that it's brain weird. bleeding. You're you are less certain. Ernest seemed very sure. Okay. You tear training gives you some very basic first aid. You are a researcher. Your your job is not really to handle medical stuff. Um, sure. And I guess I'm probably thinking, well, that could be faked. And I guess. It is possible to probably take something to stop your heart for a brief amount of time or slow it down. Or, or just that Ernest maybe didn't check right. Who knows? Sure. Everyone is expecting this. No one seems, uh, no one other than Ernest and maybe the boyfriend seem at all concerned. Even Willoughby okay. has kind of hasn't batted an eye. Yeah. So you're kind of going, mm, could be overreacting. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Continue with what you were saying, Chester. Uh, have you been to many of these parties? Oh, me? Um, well, a few over the years. Um, I'd say maybe four, five. Okay. She doesn't do it every year. It's just a, a, a recurring um, favourite of hers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we go to the theatre. Um, other things, you know. Yeah. Maybe she's just... It's probably fine. She's probably... Yeah. Why don't you go and join the others okay. and we can, uh, we can get back to the game? Yeah, yeah, that sounds sounds good. Appreciate, by the way, very, very um, hospitable of you to to check on me. I appreciate that. That's all good. Checks your hand. Uh, as he walks back, you can see that he's still looking at the body. Mm-hmm. He sort of shakes his head and, and steps into the uh, the dining room and closes the door. Ernest walks up to to the body with Alistair. Mm-hmm. So, what's your uh, what's your tear training say? 
I mean, she looks like she has a fractured skull. Mm. Uh, but, like, I guess that can be faked. I don't know. Yes. Is it, is it possible to take something to slow your heart rate down? Because I, I assume Alistair would have checked her pulse, too. Sure. Um, how about both of you make a quick a quick check for me, just a history check? Uh, Alistair... A one. A one. Ernest, no. Those things do not exist. Well, Ernest is like, why would anyone do that for a party? Yeah. I don't understand, Alistair. Yeah. Five. Five. Um, you're pretty sure that there's at least a few murder mystery stories that involve exactly that kind of plot, but you don't know if that's a real chemical that exists or if it's even something that people could get their yeah. hands on. From the sound of what Frankie said... That's not her. That's not that's, her level. That's not the way she typically does this. Just a bit of fun. Yeah, it's just a bit yeah. of fun she does every now and again. Okay, so do we work on the hypothesis for as far as everyone else is concerned that this is a game and she's fine, or hmm. do we tell them what we think is the truth? Should we? We should probably get an ambulance up here. Actually, good thought. How long is that going to take? Oh, I don't know, but I can call. Okay, you call. I'm going to find a blanket to cover it with. I think we proceed with the game just for the purpose of keeping people calm. And there's also the fact Uh, that there are are two... Are you sure? I mean, uh, because we're going to have to break the news to them sometime, right? Yeah, yeah. But we are not 100% sure and we don't want people panicking because there's also the fact, Dallas, that she could have fallen from there or she could have been pushed. Oh, so do we want to make people panic? I didn't think of that. Yes. Uh, okay, I will call an ambulance. Call the ambulance. Uh, you cover the body. Call Nancy. Yep. Cool. All right. And this is going to head back into uh, kind of the the um, lounge and just find like a throw blanket or something and put that over her while Alistair calls. Very quickly, just make another perception check for me, just a general one, both of you. No. There's something he really wants us to see, isn't there? <laughs> Seven. Um, you know, you can't put your finger on it. In the dark, with um, with your candle burning, again, you get that sense, this room is very lavishly decorated. Um, there's still that smell of, like, maybe ash from... You, there's, a, there's a big fireplace, actually, in the main hall. You can smell maybe ash... Um, something else maybe it's dinner cooking mm. um, and there are sounds You could, there's echoing sounds from um, you can hear the conversations inside you can hear Willoughby obviously down in the kitchens uh, down the corridor Ernest is going to walk into the main room and is going to pause for a second and say uh, while we wait for dinner, might as well uh, get on with it. Uh, General, would you like to <coughs> sit with me outside? Oh, of course. There's, a, there, there's an adjoining room to the dining room that is a little, like a little sitting room um, where you would have cigars and brandy and whatever else. Um, yeah. It's got a, it's maybe a small library, this sort of thing. Uh, you can step in there rather yeah. than out into the hall. I just will walk in there, the general, and close the door behind him and say, uh, my partner will be along in a second. And he's going to pull, efficient, yes. pull the uh, the packet of cigarettes out and offer it to him. No, oh, no, don't touch the things. Oh, neither do Just I. Just the pipe. <laughs> takes out a pipe. Much better. Nash. Uh, Ernest is going to lean back in the chairs. There are, what does the room look like? 
Um, it's sort of a it's a small library slash sitting like room thing. It's a little bit of a nook. It's a bit separate. Um, it's got windows out into the garden and these sort of things. Um, you you take your little candle in there. Uh, we'll be returns within a few minutes uh, and brings a couple of other lamps. Um, these are oil lamps, these sort of things. Uh, oh, thank you. Then he gives you guys one. Uh, the general seems to have been drinking quite a lot. He's very rosy in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very big man, uh, very strongly built. Uh, BJ, let me know when you walk into the room, but uh, I'll just kind of lean back in the chair. Okay. All right. Uh, so, General, uh, what's what's your first name? Uh, character and or real one as well. <clears throat> well, if you want my real name, it is Hugo and Silverbath is my uh, surname, of course. But in the card, he's like fumbling through pockets trying to find the card. I, uh, it was uh, Jonathan Swift. Wonderful. Let's say poet, maybe. Polit. Doesn't matter. Whatever. No, no. Uh, Hugo, uh, thank you so much for, for seeing with me through this. Of course. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. how many of these parties have you have you been to? Oh, hundreds, probably. Well, it can't be hundreds. It's not that whole. <laughs> you see, um, Alec. Alexander? No, no, no. Valentina is my cousin. Ah. Uh, my younger cousin. No, that's the other one. Older cousin. Fairly older, actually. Yes, older cousin. And she usually invites me to these sort of things. I'm good company, you see. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So, General, what... Never solve them, though. You never solve them? Don't have a head for that sort of thing, no. I'm Too many moving pieces. It's not like a battle is all, they say it is, but it's not. So you're a, a, a general? General? Yes. Were you Navy, military? Oh, Navy, of course. And um, how long did you serve? Well, I start counting on fingers. <laughs> oh, 35 years, just about. Yes. Right. <laughs> about that. It's a very long time. Um, I was just going to say, while this, is, while this is all happening, Alistair's walking back through the dining room uh, where everyone else mm-hmm. is, and I would like to roll... Um, to see if there's anyone who, like, looks like they might have some knowledge that this has actually happened and not just a fake. Okay, roll for me. Uh, who's acting weirdly. That's a nine. Ooh, That's pretty good. Right. Nice um, roll of the game. As you're looking, you nice can see that um, that the butler, Willoughby, he is serving uh, entree, yeah, the butler did it. <laughs> he seems to be business as usual. You can see just composure from him. Uh, Margot seems to be quite cheerful and upbeat. She's she's trying to ask questions in her character um, to Alexander, who is uh, like looking at the ceiling, smoking, ignoring her. <laughs> uh, and you can see that um, Frankie is sort of sitting a little away from the other two. Uh, he seems to be quite quietly eating. Mm. Only little bits. Sure. He seems a little okay. distressed and uncertain, but also isn't particularly interested in the, the party, whereas the two um, grandchildren, as you now realise, mm-hmm. yep. are. Uh, Hugo, so what's your what's your relationship with Valentina? She's your cousin, your older cousin. <laughs> Do you, are you close with her? Oh, very close, very close, yes. Um, we probably talk <sighs> twice a year. That's pretty good in my yeah, book that's, that's for cousins. Good, that's pretty good for cousins, yes. It's more than I see my kids. Uh, and Alistair walks in and chucks his jacket over the thing uh, and, like, puts one foot on the table, like, classic investigator. He's like, 
So did he do it? Ah, I see. This is the the old partners in crime approach. Yes, yes. Very good. Yes, this is Alistair. <laughs> oh, very lovely. Very lovely, yes. Is there any more brain? Alistair, like, drops his ca- his character for a second and kind of nods and smiles. Yes, yes. Uh, well, thank you, Hugo. Yes, uh, there's actually quite a bit more brandy out there. Could you um ask Alexander to come in? Okay, is that all you need? Uh, for now, I'll, I'll ask more questions from everyone. Yeah, sure. But yeah. Uh, all right, very quickly, you kind of slot through. Alexander steps in. You can see Margo's like talking to him until he closes the door on her, like, and sits down. He's like, Don't you just love family? Yes, yeah, right. Well. What do you, what did you want? So, Alexander, mm-hmm. you're, um, you are Miss Oh, we're Valentina's doing the whole question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sure. You're Miss Valentina's grandson? Yes. Yes. Grandson. So, how many of these have you gone to? Oh, probably like five, six. Okay. I lose count. I usually try and get blind drunk and forget all about them. Mm. Mm. Uh, Waste of time. So you don't enjoy them? <laughs> uh, no. No, I don't enjoy them. You seem to be enjoying yourself out there a second ago. Are you blind? Look, my sister's fine, but her head is full of ridiculous dreams that are never going to come true. And yet she talks about them. <laughs> She'll figure it out one day. Yeah, so you, s- you smell that? Smell what? Uh, nothing. Um, okay, uh, Alexander, so what do you do? Me? Be, uh, I'm co- a playwright. Yeah. You're a playwright? Wonderful. Yes, trying to start my own, well, was trying to start my own production company, but lean times is that what? Yeah. Uh, just on investigating the room. Yeah. I rolled a 10. Ernest is starting to wonder if he smells gas. Alright, with a 10, yeah, maybe. Oh. Hard to say for sure, but there is an odd smell. 10 is a success. 10 is a success. Hard to be certain, but maybe. Okay. I mean, you're pretty close to the kitchens here. This is sort of the dining room, and then this room are kind of at the back of the house towards the kitchens. Hmm. Uh, It is also an oil lamp that's burning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Alistair, would you mind uh, taking over the question just for a second? Uh, Ursus is going to stand up and like pat Alistair on the shoulder and he's going to go to the corner and bring out his phone mm-hmm. and he's going to try and search for the like impacts of like breathing in gas like if it causes some type of like oh yeah sure illusion or something oh. like that like if someone's trying to oh. like mess with our heads or or, or if like, you're being drugged you yeah mean, type of thing get her light Lightheaded or something to make fall her over or yeah anything what like was that. The fall over yeah a six for my search. Um, hard to be sure. Definitely there are there are gases that can have all sorts of effects on your your ability to think, on your ability to perceive stuff. Things that can be hallucinogenic. Um, most of them will me- will give you kind of make you feel dizzy, make you feel sick. A lot of those things. Um, you would know, of course, that just like common house gas, like used for cooking and things, can be deadly if too much is breathed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it usually will make you faint or make you throw up. Faint. All right. Hmm. So, what are we doing? More of these questions, okay. or um, 
You're just gonna have a drink uh, here. Yeah, and just one one question here. Do you have? Would you have had any reason to want Miss? Is it is it Meta? Is it Miss Miss Pebblebrook? I don't Madame know. Just Grandma. Valentina. Sure, let's go with Valentina. Is there any reason you want to shove her off a balcony? Uh, sure, yeah. Why not? <clears throat> Inheritance money is always good. You could do a lot with that. As in for real, or is this your character speaking? Um, I don't remember. I didn't read the character sheet. <laughs> I mean, I, did you read yours? What were you? Al- Alistair, Alistair remembers I was supposed to be a florist. Like, my name's right. Mr. Smythe. Mr. Smythe. Very nice to meet you, Mr. Smythe. Yes. Uh, my name was I'm a florist. Stanley Kubrick. You're Stanley Kubrick. Oh, of course it was. Familiar? Of course it was, Ernest. I don't remember. Hmm. Yeah, he was an actor. Really? No, he was... I think I would yeah. have. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yes, sure. I would have thrown her off a balcony for money. I mean, she wouldn't give it to me otherwise. Thank you. <laughs> what about your sister? Well, I mean, Margot seems to think that Grandma will give her money for this. Oh, she's. My sister is an artist. She's a painter. Mm. Um, she wants to start a gallery. She thinks mm. that it'll help her sell more paintings, all these things. And she thinks that. Grandmama will endorse it or pay for it or something, but she won't. I mean, why would she? She'd help me with my projects or any of those things, and they all failed anyway. What about when you were younger? How did you and uh, your sister get along with your grandmother when you were young? Oh, fine then. I mean, you know, a grandparent's a grandparent. She was always quite doting. Fine then? So what changed? I guess we got older. I don't know. Those things just changed. I mean... If you want to talk about the stuff that really changes, well, Frankie, that changed a whole lot. Mm. Suddenly she's also off Frankie? partying again. She goes travelling. All those things. She didn't used to do a lot of those things. Uh, like taps Alistair on the back mm. and whispers, the boyfriend. And, Sunset yeah. years or something, I suppose. It's probably a good play in that. I see. Uh, and um, what about your parents? Hmm? Oh, my mother died when we were fairly young. Um, some sort of respiratory thing. I don't remember. When was that? It. When? Yeah, oh, years ago. More than a decade now. Hmm. Okay. Um, and my father. Well, he took up with someone else. We were older by then. We don't really talk. He and I, anyway. I guess Margot probably has more to do with him, but no. Hmm. All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, could you send Margot in? Oh, absolutely. That's fine with me. Stands up. Yes. All right. Well. Oh, by the way, you didn't do it, did you? Mr. Um, Kubrak and Smith? Smythe. Smythe was Oh, well, Smythe did have a motive. Uh, oh, everyone's got a motive. It would be boring if we yeah. didn't. He w- turns around and walks That's out it. the door. Mine says Margo, I your turn. boat. Anyway. Hey, Ernest. Hey, Alistair. Uh, he passes you the scarf. He's like, we could fast track this process a little bit especially if she is dead like dead dead wait and he, ha- he hands you the scarf what about the scarf oh right my power yeah you cool. know you can yeah right <laughs> I might be able to see who pushed her off I forgot about my power <laughs> I, th- I thought you you were going to do that when you like <laughs> I just she was forgot dead my... probably I got ten <laughs> 
All right, with a 10, yeah. as you, you take it in your hands, you kind of let it run through your fingers, you feel the silk, and as you uh, let your mind drop backwards into space, uh, you see a lot of different flashes, actually, over a long period of time. Um, many gala nights, many um, very fancy dinners, these sorts of things, award ceremonies. Uh, and then tonight, uh, around her neck, um, you see the balcony, uh, you see fingernails, her fingernails gripping uh, the balcony. Uh, you hear the scream, um, but that is all you get. You don't get too much more from the scarf itself. Does he get a, a sense emotionally of like you know, how she is feeling? With a 10, emotionally, um, adrenaline for sure. Mm. Um, there is definitely maybe fear and mm. a feeling of feeling sick, feeling kind of sick to your stomach. Mm. But doesn't know he doesn't know who like if she was pushed or if she fell or anything like that. No, he doesn't know. Well, that does uh, raise a good point though. Yeah, I haven't actually had a look at the uh, the balcony. Did you see anything? Not when I looked, but I also didn't know she was dead when I was looking. So how about I go and have another look up there? Unless you want no, to. No, that's fine. Uh, uh, well, right. Margot's coming in, so. Right. Uh, Alistair will walk out before Margot gets here. I would like to walk back through the dining room <clears throat> and roll again to see if anything's changed. Um, sure, roll. In the attitudes of the people. That's a three! <laughs> what? Getting your bad rolls out early means you can get a good roll for when you're up out there. early? We're at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, they seem to be a little bit discontented in that dinner hasn't arrived yet. Um, they are drinking more, sure. which is kind of keeping them in better spirits, but they're sort of... You can see Frankie is being drawn into an argument by the general and um, Alexander is sort of pitching in unhelpful and like inflammatory comments and things on the side. They seem to be arguing over some government scandal. Um, hard to say exactly what, because the every time right. Frankie goes to speak, the the general kind of goes, ah, no, you've no idea what you're talking about. No bloody okay, idea. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Uh, Ernest pokes right. his head out and... Um, as Margot's walking over, it's like, could you check on the the butler? Dinner. Yeah. Anyway, uh, hello, Margot. Nods. Come in. Oh, hello. Um, all right, you step out into the the hallway, the entrance hall. Okay, uh, so I'm going to very quickly, um, he kind of, Alistair, like, once he's closed the door, he's kind of dropped his, oh, it's a game persona, and he's now, like, you know, a bit more tense. He's going to run up balustrade and have like search there um, I, I don't know if I get a plus to my roll or anything because I know that she's actually dead as opposed to I was just ah oh, is there an obvious clue no there's a scarf you can roll with advantage um, now that you're you're kind of on the hunt um, and you're looking okay. specifically for clues okay that's a nine uh, all right as you go through and as you look, um, you can see that there are um, scratch marks on the balcony. You can see... It's hard to tell exactly how many, um, but it looks like from where you're standing here, you can see that looking directly below seems to be from where she would fall. And there are fingernail yep. scratch marks in the, um, the the wood of the balustrade. Mm. Interesting. All right. Uh, I would like to... Are there other doors up here? Uh, yes, there are. Uh, I'm going to try all the doors and see if any of them are unlocked. Um, a bunch of them are unlocked. You find um, 
uh, an office of sorts that seemed to be uh, Valentina's. You find uh, a guest bedroom. You find a bathroom. That's all on this okay. floor. Um, of course, the the drawing room is at the other end of the this sort of walkway. Yep. Okay. Uh, just for the sake of speed, do I find anything interesting? Rolling with your nine, was it? From before, yes. Yeah. Uh, rolling with your nine, uh, as you investigate through, you start with the bathroom. You find nothing. You start with the bed next to the bedroom. Nothing. Uh, when you get to her office, uh, you can see that it's similar to all the other uh, public rooms. It's very lavishly decorated. There are even more um, framed photos, posters, um, all of these sort of things, magazine covers that uh, feature her. Just about everywhere seems to be her face on these walls. Um, yep. And as you... It doesn't take very long uh, to see that the desk, some of the drawers are slightly ajar. Ooh, and as you begin to search okay. through them, uh, you do find in the very bottom jar of one a very large glass jar about the size... Um, let's say it would hold about a litre of stage theatre blood. It is almost empty. Oh. Okay. Uh, you find so a few other by... things too, by the way. Um, you find other props, okay. other other things that would be used for this. You find a fake gun. Um, at first you think it might be a real one, except uh, you realise very quickly that it is in fact made uh, largely of plastic. Okay. Ah, all right. Um, okay. So has the blood been, like, is it obvious that it's been opened tonight or has it been sitting there since the last murder mystery? It's not obvious, but maybe make a very quick, uh, just another investigation check to see if you can put something together. Ten, finally. Ten. Um, the basin in the bathroom was filled with water. Oh, okay. Not cold water either. Maybe lukewarm. Ah, ah. Your jump of logic would be perhaps someone had warmed up the blood in the warm water and warmed up the jar as a whole before using it. Alistair is now having second thoughts. He's like, maybe she's not dead. Okay, all right. Um, okay, cool. Uh, what else do I find in the desk? Um, you find uh, copies of different play scripts and all these sort of things. Uh, you find a few uh, vials of... Vials? Um, yep. Powder smoke, these sort of things that would be used for stage effects, a bunch of these sort of things. Um, you find the fact that, like, it seems as you start going through a couple of the papers and a few things on the desk, it seems like she wrote all of these murder mysteries herself, these games. Um, okay. And you remember that the cards were all very elaborately kind of hand-drawn and these sort of things. Um, and so very potentially that she had yep. prepped all of this herself. Sure. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, in the interest of trying to be quick, I'd very quickly I'm going to do two things. I'd like to take one of the vials of smoke and put it in my pocket. Mm-hmm. We like powder smoke. I think you'd smash it and it would puff. Yes. Uh, and I would like to so I'll do that, and then I would like to uh, leaf through all of the play scripts and see if I can find one that is like the one where she gets pushed off the balcony. Um, yeah, it's you can see that one. It's very close to the top, and it says that she's pushed off the balcony. Um, uh-huh. I would like to read to the end and find out who the murderer is, please. 
Ooh, very interesting. Very interesting. Um, it says that the the murderer is Vanessa Goodman, the florist. The florist. Okay, motive. Uh, motive was that she was a jilted lover. Um, that the the protagonist, the host, had stolen her husband twenty years before. Hmm. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Uh, and opportunity. Uh, the opportunity had been that unbeknownst to the host uh, the when she had hired the decorators for tonight's event to do flowers and all of these things um, that this woman uh, Vanessa had been part of the team that arranged it and so she had got access to the house and had hidden herself uh, you hear thumping coming up the stairs as Ernest pushes open the door looking a little oh, weird oh. <laughs> like oh, hey, hey man hey hi so uh, he holds up the script it was the florist um, kind of a jilted lover thing. Fantastic. Um, we have a problem. I kind of... Right? He's going to lift up and drop a newspaper on the table in front of him. Alistair, what's that frontline story? Because apparently that came out today. It says... Truman relieves MacArthur of all his posts, finds him unable to back up USUN policies... It reads, the date reads, uh, April 11th, 1951. Oh. What? So either everyone here are fabulous actors. I mean, absolutely fabulous. And the, uh, the, the lady in question has some type of sedative that can stop her heartbeat for a short little time. I did find fake blood that was empty, so it's possible. Mm-hmm. Definitely possible. And this, and he like taps on. He's like, I, I, I've gone through some some crazy things, but uh, Alistair, we've travelled in time. Make a very quick perception check for me, both of you. Just Ernest. No, both, both of us. A nine again. Nine. Eleven. Oh. Right, um, Ernest, you're a little bit preoccupied with an eleven. Alistair, you suddenly have one of those like beautiful mind moments where all these things flash, and you realise that all of these <laughs> posters and um, and like magazine articles and things that are all over the walls, they are all from at least the forties. Okay, meaning that she, if you're going with her age, and all of these things were taken in the forties, and she looks older in these. Okay, so we pass through a wormhole or something like that. Or this is another one of those layers okay. in, like, reality. Like, there's the desert. Maybe there's this reality, which is, like, time travel. Yep. Or everyone's uh, amazing well, actors. And, like, really good set design. He, like, taps on the things. Like, and yep. really good set design. All right, Ernest, I've got a plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alistair bends down. Uh pulls up his jeans on his right side, uh, and you can see a mysterious lump in his sock. Uh, and he pulls his sock down, uh, and one of his switchblade knives was hidden in his sock the whole time. And I that is, I didn't mention it, but I did think that like as we were walking up. I was like, how could Alistair hide a weapon? <laughs> I know, it's in his foot. So I imagine I wrote that down. I didn't actually, but I imagine I wrote that down at the start of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pulls it out. He doesn't open the blade yet, and he's like, one way or another, we're going to find out what these people are up to, uh, and he is going to run downstairs. 
Ernest is going to pause in the room, just like, I feel like we weren't done with our conversation about wormholes. Uh, he's going to look around the room a little, sigh. And he's going to pull out the, the cigarettes, put one in his mouth, light it, cough a little. <clears throat> fit the roll, Ernest, fit the roll. And he's going to take off after you. Uh, Ernest chases after Alistair right. and, like, directs him away from the like still both running directs him away from the dining room and like starts to head him down a corridor towards the kitchen and like okay let's just well let's deal with the let's deal with the uh the deal with the uh the the, the uh chef first the butler we can we can you can do your thing after Alistair nods he puts the knife in his pocket all right all right we emerge into the kitchen yeah the kitchen is very old school um white and black tiling uh, as you look around, all of the uh, the appliances and all of the equipment in here is very old. It yeah. is keeping with what you are now figuring out seems to be a 1950s theme. In fact, much of it's older than that. Yeah. Um, but it takes... Okay. One of the first things you notice is that um, the lantern on here is out and the butler is on the ground unmoving. Willoughby! Willoughby, it's not a chat to you. Will, will, Willoughby? Alistair... Turns on his torch. Alibi. Alibi? <laughs> Words. <laughs> Alibi? Uh, Willoughby. It's uh, Willoughby. Willoughby. All right. Uh, make a quick investigation roll. <gasps> the gas. Yeah. Uh, Four. Gas. <laughs> Ernest, what gas? Mustard Eight. gas. Uh, we, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're going like, someone mustard gassed him. Someone mustard gassed um, him. No, you can both smell gas and he is very dead, Alistair. Ernest is not checking the body. Ernest is like oh. sniffing and moving around the room, uh, and he it's is a very lot of gas. Uh, it's a lot of gas. A lot of gas. Okay, is there any gas? Any, like, is the the, the <laughs> stove on or something stove like that? Stove is on. Stove is on, but okay, there is no uh, power, so there is no spark. Okay, Ernest is going to start flicking off the switches. Can he actually flick them off? He can flick them <laughs> off, but it doesn't seem to be making a difference. It smell. Shit. Okay. Uh, is he? Is he? Was he attacked, or yeah, has he died dead. from the the gas? No. Make him more direct. Asphyxiated. Yeah, I think. With Alice's eight, he Alice is quite certain, but you can make a roll too. Four. All right. You're t- taking Alice's word. Alistair's word for it. He uh, definitely he, seems to be the gas. He's asphyxiated. He's asphyxiated. He's he's sort of oh. ch- whether he's uh, choked or Ernest, whatever. It we is. need to get out of. <laughs> we need to get out. However, of gas poisoning to death works. Oh. That's what's happened. Alistair then going to pause. Oh, and he's gonna blow out his candle. That's a good idea. Note you notice oh. that the candle doesn't. Uh, your candle yep. didn't seem to be making any difference. Ah, oh. you would expect with the amount of gas that's there. If you walked in with a candle, that would have been like you would have blown up. Yeah, that didn't happen. Okay, so I don't have an influence over that. As Something he's walking else out, is going to catch up, like grab one of the the lanterns that are still going in the hallway. It's like okay, so. We can't question Willoughby, which means the only really knowledge we can go on is what he's already communicated with us, which is that he was quite devoted, but that's not great. Are you all right? Yeah. 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 I'm fine. Right. I want to talk to Frankie. I, 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 should, have, I should have gone there first. I checked the... I should, no, no, it's okay. I could have saved him. No, that's... Well, I mean, we're in some type of time dilation or whatever, uh, so... No. It doesn't matter. I could have... I still, uh, well, anyway. If he died in the past, Alistair, then... I went in there with a candle. Yeah, but we're here now. Yes, I went in there with a candle and I didn't light the place up. Oh. That's I don't know what effect we actually have here. I don't know if But if they're interacting with us, then 
like we can't not maybe be it's on a more here. personal level not a environmental level uh. that we're here okay yeah interesting anyway i want to talk to frankie all right all right you okay. you open the room as you open the doors into um, the dining room, you see that everyone is in here again and there seems to be a, some little commotion. Everyone seems to be very unhappy. Um, I won't make you make a perception check because I've been making you roll a lot of those. Everyone seems a little drunk, a little dazed. Um, yep, Margot has her head in her hands. Yeah, everyone seems a little bit slurred, a bit unhappy, and there's an argument going on between Frankie and the two other men. Uh, Ernest has some questions for you. Uh, there was a gas leak downstairs. The butler's dead. He died of asphyxiation. I'm sorry. This is not an act. This is real. Um, Frankie, would you like to come in and uh, speak to me in the uh, in the office? Just keep oh, calm. Uh, We've shut off the gas. Sure, fine. It's fine. Please, this way. He sort of stumbles slightly after you you, you step into the your what you've been using as an office little nook. Yeah. Ernest turns to him... Uh, Without seeing down. Think, Frankie, just need some water, maybe. Um, so, yeah, what? Uh, Ernest looks around. Is there any drinks around? No. no. Uh, we'll fetch you one in a second. Frankie. Alistair, yeah, Alistair, like, brings him champagne or something. How long? No, water. Sh- water? Not champagne, water. <laughs> How long have you had a, a relationship with Miss Valentina? Uh, about four years now. Four years, five, please. What, uh, what do you do? What's your me? Career? Well, I'm. Uh, I used to be uh, an actor. That's how we met. I was a producer for for a while, mm-hmm. but um, now I I don't, don't do much of anything. I, I guess. How do you support yourself then? Well, um, I was. I I have a lot of stakes in other companies, in um, production companies, and 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 things. So you wouldn't say he's very dazed. He's sort of swaying yeah. in his seat. So you wouldn't say money's ever been an issue for you. Well, everyone's money's an issue for everyone at some point. Sure, yeah, but not nowadays. Um, no, no, it's all fine. I'm gonna roll to. Yeah, you can inside him. You can both do that him. if you want. Seven. Yep. I'm sure I probably have a uh, stuff, six. It's fine. You probably would. Seven. Mm. He's definitely not telling you everything. Seven is a mixed result, but you don't know whether it's... It's hard to tell whether he's not giving you good answers because of yeah. the gas or not. What did you get, BJ? I only got a six, so oh. same. Um, okay, which companies? Sorry, this is important for, you know, cross-referencing uh, and all that. Handel and Sons, um, Silver Screen and Co. I mean, that was my one, but not my one anymore. Um, I see. Alistair would like to take out his phone and do a background research on these companies. Uh, and what did, what was it 51, did you say? Yep. Frankie, do you like it here? Here? No. God, no. So, so this you're, place? You're here because Miss Valentine's here? Yeah. Would you prefer, have you ever talked to her about being anywhere else, going other places? Oh, all the time. That's why. We spend half the time on on a cruise here or a, a train trip there, staying in this place, this the middle of nowhere. Mm. And she doesn't like it either. She she pretends that she does that she cares about a family home and those things. No, she was happy to get away. It was she was always happy to to leave. 
Why did she, why is she so adamant in staying then if she w- wanted to leave? Oh, nostalgia. You know, you had a place for a long time. You built it when you were first married or whatever. Children, grandchildren, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, as you do that mm. bit of research, Alistair, you see that both of those companies that he mentioned went under in um, the mid-40s. Ernest uh, is going to kind of look over you as you're looking at your phone. All right. Uh, yeah, Alistair, like, shakes his head to say, no, nah, he's he's lying. He's got nothing. Ernest is going to lean back in his chair. Frankie, I don't feel like you're telling me everything here. <laughs> what is there to tell? What if... This is a game. Come on. Like, you're not even asking questions about my character. What? Alistair kicks the bottom of the chair. Not kicks, but, like, shoves with his foot to spin the chair around to face him. Oh. And, like... <laughs> Pushes him against the back of the chair lightly, and he's like, "Okay, a little bit of pantomime, very fun. All right, I'm done. Yeah, so you're Move. gonna come clean with us, Frankie? Uh, Ernest is gonna stand up and go over to the fire and like. What do you want to look mantle. at the card? You want to look at? He starts trying to go through his pockets. I don't even. I want you to explain how you're managing to get your business investments to pay dividends when both of those companies went bust five years ago. You can see his face sort of drains a little bit what are you talking what are you talking about no so how much do you need money at the moment doesn't everyone need money at the moment look it's not about it's not about debts I don't have debts it's about getting back on top new opportunities new things I'm like I'm not that old my career's not that over there's still there's still time so your career is worth the life of your lover, just so I didn't you can say, get I back on I didn't say top. anything like that. I did. No, you have, you have no proof, and you're playing the game wrong. He starts trying to get up out of the chair, making a post. Alistair takes the switchblade out of his, <laughs> of his pocket. Well, he I'm not playing the game. Uh, I roll a six, so I just come over and lightly put my hands on his shoulders and sit him back down. All right, he rolled a four. He's very, he sort of is looking very nervous and saying, I'm not playing a game, Frankie. This is real life. Uh, this is going to sit down back in his, his chair, looking at Frankie from the side now. I was like, Frankie, there's something else I'd like to tell you. This building is slowly filling up with gas. You can smell it. Is that what that is? So here's the thing. You're probably feeling a little so, lightheaded already. Yeah. I know you haven't had that much champagne tonight. It's not that. One person's bad. already died to it. And guess What? what? And this is going to get up and walk over to the door and click it locked. You can't get out until you start to talk to us. He's going Alistair to try flicks to, the knife open. Uh, he's like he's about to go to try and stand up and you do it again. Like, what, what do you want? What do you want from me? Re- like what? Do you, <laughs> come on. <laughs> We're trying to solve your girlfriend's murder. And we can do it without your help, but... She's not dead. It's a game. And why'd you react like that? And I was just going to come back to the scene down. I was like, you were the only person who reacted like that. So you can give me two things here. You can start being more direct with me, giving me some better answers that me and my friend here like. Or you can start to explain a little wider detail on the grandchildren as well. I'd like that. What do you... <laughs> Margot. She really needs money, yet so do you. 
I, I suppose. So Margot's harmless. Margot wouldn't do anything like that. But how does that make you feel that someone else is draining away money? Well, it's not. It, it, look, it's not about me. It, it's, I guess it's, is the will gives you a certain percentage of Miss Valentina's funds. I don't know anything the about the longer, will. I don't. I've the never seen it. The longer you wait, the more that percentage diminishes as Margot takes from that pool. Well, Margot. Valentina wasn't giving Margot any money. She wasn't going to. She had already talked about it. Margot thinks she could win her over, but it's not going to happen. Valentina didn't do that. Valentina didn't do that for Alexander. Valentina wouldn't wouldn't pay off Hugo's debts, and she wasn't going to give me money to start a new company. Well, none of that was going to happen because Valentina wasn't like that. She wouldn't give people any money. He's swaying drunkenly in his chair as he's talking, getting more and more out of it. I was gonna put like a finger to his chin. So what do you what do you what are you supposed to do in in that situation? I, well, and then someone says, "Well, why not?" And then you don't even have to. It's not about. Well, it wasn't me. It wasn't my idea. Alistair clicks the knife closed and like stands up a little bit. He's like. So, I smell a confession coming. You can give it to us now. Or, you can suffocate to death in this room without having a clear conscience, knowing that the last thing you did on this planet was not come clean about the truth. Got a better idea. And this is going to stand up, unlock the door. It's like, how about we get a confession from all of them? And he's going to open the door and beckon for Frankie and you to come out. Uh, Alistair moves out of his way and he's like, sounds good to me. And he's going to walk out into the dining room. Um, you can see that Hugo, the general, he's kind of slumped. He's not dead, but he, he seems to be sort of nodding almost to sleep, slumped on... Uh, a couch. Margot has her head on the table. I would like to roll on myself to see if I notice myself being affected by the gas. Uh, you don't need to roll. You can find that you are not. You can smell it. It smells strong, but you you are not. Hmm. Okay. As you look around the room, you can see only um, that the other two are worse off. Alexander is sitting with his head in his hands at the end of the table. He sort of looks up blearily at you as you step out. Uh, as they walk out, Alistair's going to whisper, so are we doing this your way or are we doing this my way? Uh, shrugs dim, so... I don't think any way really matters. They're a bit far gone, but we can do it your way. <laughs> he, like, he looks at them clearly very compassionately of like, I'm watching people die even though they've been dead for a long time. And then he kind of smiles. He's like... My way it is. <laughs> he's going to walk into the room and he's going to grab the grandson. What was his name? Is it Ale- Alexander? Alexander. Yeah. Uh, he's going to grab Alexander by the lapel, swing him round and like slam him into the table, like okay. backwards onto the table. And he's like, slams him, holds him there. And he's ah, like, what the hell are you doing? 
Uh, I'm giving you one chance, all of you, and he looks around, like, pointing the knife in his other hand, all of you, to confess to what you did before you all suffocate to death in this room. Uh, okay? Hugo and Margot uh, raise their heads sort of drunkenly, and you realise that it's probably a mixture of the gas, but also alcohol, as they've just been drinking sure. since um, the yeah, night with began. With no food. With no so. food. And yeah. haven't noticed the gas over the alcohol. Yeah. Um, okay. They're kind of... Those two are looking at you quite confused. Ernest, make a quick perception check. Seven. Uh, seven. You can see uh, Alexander's eyes kind of wide open as he's hit into the table. And you can see that his eyes go not to you, but to Frankie. Mm. I don't know why we're here, but I do know that we can't save you all. And I'm sorry. We may not be able to save you, but... You still have the choice to do the right thing before it's too late. <laughs> and then he pushes him harder into the table. Make an intimidation check for me. Yes! Okay, uh, do I get a plus for that or something? Um, yeah, absolutely. Roll, roll twice. Heck yeah! Oh dear! What? Five! This, this always happens! <laughs> Uh, Every time. Okay, Ernest is going to see that they're kind of trying to sh- like shrug you off, and so Ernest yep. is going to reach onto the table, and you're not you're so focused on Alexander, you don't see him picking it up, but he picks up a wooden pepper grinder, and he raises it up and he cracks it down on the table like a centimeter from the side of Alexander's head, like all the cups and plates shake in place, and yes. a few glasses fall over. And he, like, chucks the pepper grinder onto the table after it. Alistair then, like, pulls him off the table and throws him to the floor. uh, Alexander pulls himself up a little. He kicks a chair aside as he's kind of clambering up. And he goes for um, one of the steak knives on the table. And you can see a wild look coming into his eye. Don't even try it. He turns on Frankie. Oh... (laughs) How simple could I make it for you, you worthless man? You just need a little push and... <sighs> pathetic. He swings around at you at you two. Just get out. Just go. Like, you have any idea what this f- s- family is like? Put the knife down. What? What Come are on. you... Or what... He, he's fumbling for a, a cigarette. He seems more out of it than the others, almost, but still conscious. I, I could have, I could have paid for Margot's things. I could have paid for Hugo's things. I could have paid for my things. No, but she would keep it all, and she wasn't going to give it to any of us. And you know what that Will said? That Will was going to give it all to him. And he like elaborately gestures at Frankie, who looks shocked. He's, he he seems very surprising. To give it all to him. Four years. Four years and she'll give everything to him over us. But he'd kill her for for a, a sliver of the money if he thought that that's what it was, was what it was going to get him. He's sort of swaying where he stands. Just pathetic. Ernst circles around the table and takes Alistair by the elbow and starts to kind of pull him away. Yeah, and Alistair retracts the knife and he doesn't put up a fight. 
he reaches kind of the the edge of the table and he sees that uh, Alexander's trying to find a lighter or something and Ernest pulls the matches from his pocket and chucks them onto the table. Hmm. It does sound a little pathetic. You um you see that as he seems stunned, um, Frankie sort of seems to come to himself as Alexander continues to rant and dives on Alexander and pins him to the table trying to get his his hands around his neck. Alexander's trying to shove him off and you can hear Frankie screaming, You didn't tell me! How did you... You didn't tell, you tricked me! You think I would have done that if if I'd known? And you can see them beginning uh, to struggle and the other two rousing in the chairs as you back out of the out of the scene back out into the darkness of the the main entrance chamber um, and very briefly as you realize the body's gone from the ground and you see them struggle and you see um, Alexander shove Frankie off onto the ground and as Frankie struggles to get up Alexander stabs him with the knife and as Frankie struggles on the ground trying to crawl away, Alexander reaches for those matches and puts a cigarette in his mouth and goes to light it. There is a sudden rush of wind and you see the whole scene before you seems to be pulled away. All right, there is a gust of wind, Ernest. You shade your, your, your eyes with your arms. Uh, Alistair, you're taken by surprise. You have to close your eyes. Um and you realise that there is just something is, is floating through the wind Ernest you see the transition you see everything disappear as flame reaches up from the kitchen into the hall and along um, you see everything turn to ash and Alistair as you open your eyes you realise that both of you are standing in the ruins of a burnt out manor house there is only uh, dirt and ash left the wind is picking up. It is late evening by this stage with the moon hanging high above you. You're standing in a burnt-out building. you can see where the staircase would have been where it would have curved up to the second floor where Valentina would have been pushed you can see a figure hanging in the air wearing the same gown but she is slightly transparent slightly ethereal not quite there she seems to ripple like fabric in the breeze Ernest looks up at her and kind of takes a second clocks slightly what is going on and he does a little salute with like the two fingers off of the top of his his forehead and says and a good night to you she gives a stately theatrical bow and vanishes in the wind <laughs> leaving the two of you standing in as you step out of the ruins there's not much left much of this is turned back to garden and stone uh, there are a few timbers and beams that are still blackened in these things. 
The garden is still overgrown. The wrought iron gates are hanging open on broken, rusted hinges as you step out into the road. Earth looks at you. What? You right? Uh, I, yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, you know, apart from... What? What was the point of that? Like... What's the point of showing us these people in this situation? We we couldn't save them. We couldn't we couldn't do anything. Sorry, I. It's been a big. Alistair. Yeah. Sometimes people don't want to be saved. They just want. You'd know. And he looks up to where the lady was. They don't want to be alone. Our job isn't always to save people. We can just make the people who are lost feel a little better. Yeah. I guess that <laughs> that's a pretty selfish thing of me to think, really, isn't it? That's all right. Ah, uh, didn't get to save any of the gassed people. <laughs> but he's like leading you down the steps, the uh, the mossy, overgrown steps. You did get a confession, though. I mean, obviously, yeah. that's why we were here to try and work out what happened. Yeah, I guess. Hopefully, um, hopefully they can rest easily now they she's been heard I guess they've all been and hey you know detective duo yeah worked pretty well how many of you of these did your dad go to <laughs> that's true <laughs> he he was just well, standing know, in a burnt out building all night <laughs> thinking oh this is a bit boring <laughs> You, you're, well, I, guess, I guess he went home before the murder yeah. happened every time. You recall vaguely, Alistair, that he talks a lot about people. Um, you, the, the murder was always the same. And, <laughs> and, and, nobody, like, the, and like, nobody seemed to care that much about the party. And they all got really drunk really quickly. And so he just like excused himself. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that, and they, they never got to dinner. It was always Andre. And then he yeah. was like, oh, well, I guess when dinner didn't show up, he's like, oh, I got... Look at the time, it's better be going. Anyway. And like, go outside and call a taxi. And never, never looked back. <laughs> uh, Ernest. Mm-hmm. Did we just call an ambulance for a 80-year-old corpse? Yeah, I'll punch you, and they can, like... Wait, what? Ernest, you part with Alistair at the docks as you return on the late night ferry. You hop on your motorbike, you head up the main street. You, as you usually do, you pull into the little alley, you bike lock your motorbike to the fire escape and you climb the stairs. This is by now your normal routine. You're getting used to this, this relatively solitary life, except for Alistair, except for Davo, except for people you think of more as clients now than you did before. 
you make your way up the fire escape stairs into the building and down the hallway to your office. The door's not locked. Davo is still in. As you push through the door, you can hear Davo packing up in the next room, uh, packing his bag, getting his things. Ernest pulls off his jacket and his vest and pushes them, leaning them over the the chair behind his desk, and he checks his watch. What time's it? Uh, it's almost a quarter to midnight. Yeah. You are heading out, Davo? Uh, yep, just about done. Oh, uh, I sorry, I tried to call you back. Call me. I, I didn't call you. Oh. All right. Uh, all good. Yep. I'll uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Great. You uh you good to take over for the night shift? Yep. Right. Davo heads out the door and down the fire escape, leaving you in your empty office. The moonlight is still shining through. You haven't really gotten around to getting curtains yet, uh, but this doesn't really bother you because you've begun to get used to your nighttime routine. You brew a pot of coffee, you sit down at the monitors, and you spend a large portion of the nighttime hours searching through the channels, researching, keeping an ear out. But tonight you stand in your lonely office, the moonlight pouring in, the silence almost oppressive around you as you check your phone. Ernest scrolls and scrolls through his notifications of missed calls and missed calls and missed calls from the same number. He leans back on his desk and taps on one of them and the phone begins to ring. It doesn't ring for long. Very quickly, the phone is answered by a hushed voice, breathing fast. And you hear this voice that you have not heard for well over a decade. But you know instantly there's a a visceral, physical reaction as you recognise this voice. Ernest. Ernest, I'm glad I caught you. Um, look, I I need your help. Ernest, they're back. 